securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. You work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here are Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, author of the book Keep What's Yours, host of the show Keep What's Yours. Jeff, good afternoon. Happy Saturday. And it is a happy Saturday because it is a holiday weekend. That's right. And what we're, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about other countries. That's right. <laughs> this holiday weekend. But uh, before we get into that, uh, the EU, big news out of the EU, they want everyone to have a digital ID. Yes. And they want everyone to have a digital wallet. And inside that digital wallet, you can store your digital currency. So what is the landscape like in the United States from a tax uh, standpoint? You know, when you're doing people's taxes, is it easy? Does the IRS have a handle on on how Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency they, works? They, they do. <clears throat> and what's taken place over the last, I'll say, three years is there's one liner that says, do you participate? And they've changed this up each year. Um, but it says, do you participate in digital currency? Did you, you know, I think 2021 was, did you buy, sell, you know, barter, exchange, any digital currency? And it's a yes or no box. So what they're trying to do is catch people that have it and go, hey, don't report it because I didn't get a 1099, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they say, hey, I don't have it, but yet they really have it. That's an issue. Um, and this goes back, and this boggles my mind that we still do it this way. The IRS is working off of an honor system. Mm-hmm. We know how much you owe us, yeah. but why don't but you tell me? Tell us the right number. Yes. Why don't you tell me how much <laughs> you think you owe us, you know, yeah. and it lends itself to wanting to, well, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think I owe you that much. Exactly. Not that much, but yeah. a couple And if I don't less. put the right numbers down, boom, they're exactly. knocking on my door. Yeah. So, so, so they kind of know, and I think through some of these court cases where some of these digital currencies have gone down, originally they said that the defendants of some of these cases were going to be the, I'll call them shareholders, the digital currency holders, and that their names were going to be exposed through the lawsuits and the, the court proceedings. Now some judge has said, oh, no, it's just they're all, you know, John Doe. They're hidden. Their names aren't released. Um, so I think that's what the IRS was really wanting to get access to is some of these uh, client lists. But <clears throat> what we see is people show up and they go, oh, hey, I did do digital currency and I only had $300. We see a lot of, I'll say, um, 45 to 30-year-olds that – dabbled in it a little bit mm-hmm. you know a couple hundred dollars in losses and they're like no i'm done i'm never going there again but we see other people who are very heavy in it um so they go and purchase a couple different apps and we'll kind of advise them to go do that the apps will actually track purchases uh sells buys um exchanges some exchanges are taxable some are not um and at the end of the year it gives us that summary so the 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 the, I'll say the unless you're dealing with like TD Ameritrade um, or a couple of these other, I'll say, online uh, brokerage, they will actually kick off a 1099 for you. So you don't have to worry about it. 
um, unless you transferred your shares or your currency over there, and then we got to find a basis. But they'll give us a 10A9. That's short, sweet, and simple. Um, but Just if, like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Ameritrade or E-Trade yeah. or, you know, the big houses. Yeah. But it's kind of scary on what's taking place in the EU where this is going to be your, you know, your vaccine card. It's going to be your driver's license. A digital currency gets held there. And it's literally a digital wallet. And it's a mandate that went into effect, I think it was uh, sometime last week, by the EU. So everybody in the European Union is going to have to have this little thing that they kind of carry around with them. Um, in the in the States, <clears throat> you either, either use a third party to hold your Bitcoin for you, um, or there is a new thing we've seen where people can, like, roll it out, put it on a terabyte drive, in a sense. Um, it's still your digital currency, but you own it. And, and then yeah. when you want to plug it back in, in a sense, you push it back over to do your exchange. So it's kind of weird. Obviously, if I have a real <laughs> wallet filled with actual cash and I lose it, you know, it's, it's done. It's gone. And, and it kind of seems like that with cryptocurrency as well. But with the modern age being what it is, I do online banking. You know, yeah. I pay for stuff on my phone. Yes. You know, I didn't even bring my wallet the other day, and I was still able to go to Walgreens, yep. go get lunch. Exactly. You know, uh, we had a handyman do some stuff. He sent me an invoice. I just hit Apple Pay. It read my face, and it's yep. like, boom. You're good. You're just good did to that go. for somebody did work for us, too. So um, it seems <laughs> like cryptocurrency is the Wild West, but it really – kind of seems like whatever I'm doing online banking to is degree. digital currency. It, it is. But the difference is this, is your bank that you're dealing with is regulated by the federal government. So there's FDIC insurance backing you up to 250 an account. The banks have a certain, I'll say, requirement for reserves. Um, there's ways that they're forced to, I say, invest excess capital. The same goes for credit unions. They're under another, it's not FDIC, but it's FDIC for credit there's unions. There's laws, there's rules. And there's rules they have to follow. So what we saw was the Sam Brinkmans of the world where they knew that they were using other people's digital currency to move forward. And what was that called again? Uh, Tom Brady got caught up in it. Yeah, that was, uh, it's terrible, I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter, it's gone now. doesn't matter, it's gone. Yeah, but did the, you have some? Well, you don't anymore. Exactly. So the court proceedings are taking place. And the funny part is on Brady and uh, who else? Uh, Giselle. There's a couple other people in there too. Um, the Kardashians. Um, they're clawing back the payments that were made to them for their sponsorship, if you want to call it, um, FTX. And if you remember, FTX was everywhere. You went to Super Bowl commercials. Super Bowl. You went to a hockey game. You went to a soccer game, baseball game. FTX. I think the umpires for the National League actually had FTX on their yeah, jerseys. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. They had the jersey sponsors before the players had jersey sponsors. Exactly. So, so he was very good at his marketing. Um, but at the end of the day, he was using other people's money. His Ponzi scheme. It was a, it was a classic, <laughs> you know. Who is that guy that died in Bernie Madoff? Madoff, yeah. classic Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. Exactly. I'll take your money and I'll use it to pay someone else. Yep. You come to get your money. Well, it's gone. I already yeah. I already paid somebody else off. But you know, maybe we'll get some more people. As long as the money was coming in the door, he was totally content and he could kind of do yeah. what he also did. But also. Madoff was kind of weird because if you really look at his positioning, he was respected by Wall Street. 
um, he ran NASDAQ for years. So he was the man yeah, to go to. that's wild. So that's how he got away. Well, and also they think that he paid some people off that were like the regulators um, who looked the other way and yeah. never really finished their investigation, said, oh, he's good. It's he burning. had a you building know. with oh, yeah. like six floors of, of legit whatever, and yeah. then he had a seventh floor. That was the, that was the criminal the operation. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, you know, he got caught. It was a matter of time. Um, but he did run that. I'll say in a, a smaller format in the early years, it got really big in the later years. But the 2008 market decline caught him. Yeah, um, redemptions. People wanted their money back, and he couldn't. He couldn't flip the bill. So. I can't imagine. You know, people are are lining up to give the Wizard of Wall Street or whatever you, nickname he had developed over time. Very well respected. Why can't you run a legitimate operation? He people, never made a trade. Never. never. Never made a trade. So when people, the, the other hedge funds got mad because they're like, man, we can't compete with this guy. Um, and then when they actually did the calculations, they said there's not enough options contracts in the world to do what he's doing. And there was a, a I don't know what he, he's like a uh, analyst who actually wrote a letter, detailed out six or seven bullet points on what he was exactly doing wrong and sent it to the, uh, I guess it was like the... Um, uh, SEC, SEC or somebody. Is that how he got caught? And no, and they blew it off. They ignored his letter two separate times. Wow. Where he thought he had him nailed to the floor, and literally they took the letter and chucked it aside. And then somebody came out and they investigated him, and they were there a day and they left. So he never <laughs> invested never, any never, of the money. Never. They gave it to him. He used some to buy his own boat. Yeah. And then he used some to pay off. Uh, another investor who asked for some of their money back. Oh, there was always somebody coming saying, hey. And then the, the, the I say the concept on how he kept that was like, oh, if somebody ever came and, and questioned his numbers, um, he would be like, oh, maybe you're not the person to invest with us or something like that. And he would kind of like put that guilt trip on him. And they're like, oh, no, 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 sorry. Yeah, he'd you take know. more money. Yeah, take more money, you know. But there's so many hedge funds out there. And what was it, BlackRock and all these other mm -hmm. ones that we hear of? So many hedge funds that are actually doing uh, legitimate exactly. um, hedge fund stuff, and they're yeah. making billions of dollars. Yes. So it's like I, I, I just never understood and he, why. And he was running down that path, and <clears throat> that's where these analysts came back in and said there's no way he could do his numbers. And they just, I guess, arbitrarily made up any number that they wanted. You would think so. that after a while, after a while, he would say, actually, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I could actually start to flip this into, like, what was it, Michael Corleone in yeah. Godfather <laughs> 3? He's like, I'm going to try to become yeah. legitimate Legitimate, now. yeah. Yeah. But I think that, and if you watch the movie on that, it shows where, he, you know, he thought about it. But who, who, knows, who knows what he was really yeah, thinking truly. at the end of the day. Um, so. so wild, wild mm -hmm. west yeah. of cryptocurrency over in the East, as in in Europe, yes. which is east of us, they are kind of making this, uh, not necessarily you have to buy crypto, but they're kind of, it kind sounds of like they're- Kind of lean in that direction quickly. They're saying um, you have to get the infrastructure yeah. maybe to house it. To house it, to, you know, and again, that goes down that path of, you know, the vaccine cards. I mean, I stumbled across my vaccine cards the other day when I opened a drawer. I was like, oh, that's where they are. Yeah, my wa I think my <laughs> wife's got them. I'm, in her purse. She made a copy and put it in her purse. I'm like, I'm not carrying that, you know. But um, if if Europe no it makes you get a wallet, mm -hmm. it makes you put your digital currency in that wallet. Exactly. And hopefully it's all, you know, protected. Exactly. Uh, and all that stuff. 
But if they make you do that, then they can see exactly how much money doing, you have. How much money you have. Can the feds in this country, can the feds go to Bank of America or Chase or wherever I have my money, uh, my um, – uh, my credit union can yes. they say can we see how okay. much is in Josh Gilbert's account yes if they if they need to for whatever reason the back end of something they go look at it so it sounds kind of like you know big brothers <laughs> watching but, but that, they're already watching they're already doing but that. that's where the cashless society comes into play um, I mean again the feds can't come to my house and say Josh how much money is under your mattress exactly exactly <laughs> um, now again there's people that still deal in cash, all cash. Um, they use what's called the old envelope theory. They yeah. get their paycheck, they cash it. They can say, "Let's see your pay stubs," but exactly. they can't come and see. Well, what do you? Yeah. What have you been doing with it yeah. since you cashed that check? But maybe over the next 15 years, 20 years, we kind of head down that path where you don't need cash. Um, you carry this little wallet with you, which has got all of your identification. Um, it's your credit card. It's your digital currency. The whole shoot match, and you just. You know, like we do now with Apple Pay, or even your credit card, just wave your credit card right over the machine, boom, picks it up. Um, do you remember back in the day certain bars that you would go to and there was a big sign that said cash only? Yes. Or you have a <laughs> dry, 10... Dry cleaners. Uh, yeah. Or you have a $10 minimum yep. for credit card charges. Yeah. And I'm guessing that stemmed from the fact that they didn't want to pay credit card fees. Yeah. For you know a two dollar beer. Exactly. Oh, by the way, two dollar beer. Good luck getting. And one they of those. charge you th- well. Two that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it's three, two seven five transaction costs, which most are buried within your actual cost of doing business, because um, that's what the credit card companies get. Um, I just got um, ha- had somebody work on our golf cart, and uh, we got the 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 receipt back. Mm-hmm. And it said credit card transaction fee. Yeah. And he charged it to me. Yeah. Like I had to pay my own credit card transaction yes. fee. And I've I've noticed, especially during the pandemic and during inflation, that companies are putting that back on exactly. the consumer. In the past, they were eating it, but I think uh, Square gets or whatever they are now, Block gets as high as three and a quarter, three and a half for a transaction. Do um, they pay Visa and MasterCard? Apparently, or? they sit on some of it, and then they pass along some of it to Visa and MasterCard for using the network, basically. So, does Square <laughs> charge money on top of what the credit card companies charge us? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because Square or even Intuit, I think they charge three seven five, but it's a. I see this goes to the business owners. It's a brainless transaction because when the the card is swiped. You, you, the payment hits your bank the next day, and also in QuickBooks, it actually drops the client in there. It does the correlation and reconciles it all at the same time. You don't have to touch it. So you go, okay, is it worth paying three seven five for that transaction to fly right through? If it's you know, I say a decent amount, probably. If it's a two dollar beer, no. Yeah. <laughs> so going cashless. I mean, the infrastructure is there. You, I mean, you are looking at people's taxes every year. You're looking at businesses' finances. You specialize in small business. You're not just doing people's taxes, but you're you're doing audits and making sure yeah. that when they're in the black, they're we can figure it out. Good, and when they're in the, the red, you guidance can, as to what the next step should be. You to, can say you need to cut corners here and yes. there. Um, so you see this on a daily basis. Is the infrastructure out there? Is a cashless society? Is it running smoothly? Do we have the, the setup? Is it, is it better this I'd, way? I'd say maybe. 
at um, the end of the year? Are you just getting 1099s yeah. and just marking numbers and There's sending still, it I off? still, from a tax angle, <clears throat> I think that it's still that 1099 shows up. Those tax documents show up, and that's kind of what everybody's looking for. Um, again, you know, is the would it work efficiently? I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I mean, look at what's transpired in Bitcoin. You know, I say Bitcoin, digital currency, over the last two years, two and a half years, um, it's gone from it was on fire, it was the greatest thing ever, to literally it imploded. Um, and you kind of get some negative PR for it too. Um, but there are some still, we, we've still got clients that are, you know, rah, rah, it's going to do what it needs to do. And, and it might. I mean, yeah. that's the unknown as we go forward. So from my understanding, at least in the early days of Bitcoin, I don't know why it was started, but I know people used to buy it so that they could use it to buy weird things on the Internet. It was from buy drugs. Well, you it know, was from originally designed. Cannot be traced. Com- IT guys could tr- could trade back and forth and it never was traceable. It was their kind of secret little way to, to buy and sell stuff. Not that it was for bad or good, but just wasn't mainstream. And then it's kind of exploded from there. And like the the word I feel like we're getting now is that it would just be a digital currency that would run side by side. Exactly. With rather regular again, fiat currencies. Yeah, because again, as we sit today, there's very few regulations on on digital currency other than they're forcing some of these mainstream um, brokerage houses to kick off 1099s um, for gain loss purposes. Um but again, how accurate those are, that's a whole but other question. It can never get to that point. And this is the question I'm going to ask you as far as an investment vehicle, getting into cryptocurrencies, trading it like a commodity. It can never really get to the point of being used as currency if it's going up and down, crazy, exactly. random. There was you a, know, the dollar doesn't fluctuate like that. that much. It does a little bit. but. So there was a report, Wall Street Journal. It doesn't go from 20000 oh, yeah. to 6000 Well, the joke was years ago, maybe 12, 15 years ago, there was a report Wall Street Journal, a guy who worked on Wall Street, and from his office building to get home, he walked down the street. Lost a billion dollars. And he was going to pay for everything with Bitcoin as he went. And I think he said his pizza, he stopped at a you know pizza place to get a pizza for take home. It was like $20,000 is what it turned out to cost him. Wow. Um, because nobody knew what the exchange rates were. Um, or they had a different version of their exchange rates. Um, and he said at the end of the day, it was, you know, it was kind of a joke, but that was at the height of Bitcoin when it was, you know, stupid numbers. Wild swings. Yeah. Um, and he said, it, you know, his walk home to get his normal stuff was like $50,000. I um, think I was messing around with one. Um, this is years ago. I went to an El Monstero concert yeah. uh, at the pageant. Yeah. It was right around Christmas time. I was looking at it. I think it was Ripple or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, it just jumped up to three and a half dollars. Um, when I wake up, I'm going to sell it. Yep. And by the time I woke up, it was like a dollar fifty. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, I shouldn't have gone to bed, you know? Well, so. look at Musk. He created, uh, was that Dogecoin? Um, it was a joke to start with. Yeah. And it's actually a viable uh, digital currency floating around out there. And people just, trade it right. and use it. And it's just like, really? If there so. was, If there was a digital currency that we could all use in the world, uh, I would imagine it would be one, not that's, that's the theory. Not from, like forty, fifty, a thousand. Yeah, and and again, the concept. Which one's going to take? Is who's going to take over, and who's going to be the digital currency of the world? Wouldn't it be ridiculous if we get in a time machine 
and we go to the future, <laughs> and every the digital currency that won out is the one with the dog's head on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the well, Doja coin. So the federal government has been, again, no offense to J.P. Morgan. This is, um, I feel like this is like beta versus VHS. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, J.P. Morgan always said, oh, it's a Ponzi scheme. Don't invest in it, you know, so on and so forth. But yet the whole time it turns out they've been working with the federal government to actually try to create a federal digital currency, which would be this wallet stuff. So, again, you could say, hmm, how, how true is that? Or, you know, but and there's again, an example if, right there. If you have a federal digital currency, the, the Uncle Sam coin or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and it's backed by FDIC or whatever they create, how is that any different than my online banking that I have right now sending would things be, through Would Venmo? be no way other than... Um, it would be controlled centrally through that Bitcoin. And and they probably, with the mood swings of it, they would probably never give FDIC insurance to it. Sure. Whereas a bank is a depository receipt. Well, I just lost 20 grand in 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, can I get my, my insurance? People, yeah, they'd yeah. go belly up in a day. Um, but it would be something of that effect still with some risk. But it would, it would pr- not to take the place of the dollar, but I think that's the direction that they're heading. Um, is to try to replace the dollar with something digital where they have more control over it. I'm sure that people have come into your office with cryptocurrency, and and maybe they do believe that this is the future. You know, we're going to get off the dollar. We're going to get off uh, the yen. We're not going to, you know, transform. Everyone in the world is going to use Bitcoin one day, and I'm just going to get ahead of the curve. Yes. But I bet the majority of people that have come into your office have been trading it because it's a commodity. Exactly. You and can they, try to make, you know, it's all speculation. It's and like they a took stock. losses. Yeah, they took losses and they won it out. So the bulk of the people were smaller transactions, no more than a thousand bucks. They all resulted in losses. I mean, the bulk of them were losses. And there's other people that sit on tons. Um, 20 years ago, somebody brought Bitcoin and I was like, what is that? Um, and I wish I'd have followed his lead because there's a red Ferrari that drives in Manchester Road every once in a while. And it's and his. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, probably got out with paying no tax, too, because nobody knew what in the heck it was back right. then. Um, but again, that's that big picture of everything as we go forward. So um, it's, it's kind of weird, but that's the first step is EU now is forcing or mandating everyone to have this wallet, digital wallet. Um, you kind of go, ooh, that's a little spooky. Um, and it goes against the grain on, hey, 4th of July, freedom, so on and so forth. Yeah. So you go, ooh. <laughs> Just get out of my business, yep, Uncle exactly. Sam. Exactly. You know? um, but as far as trading cryptocurrency as commodities, does it work like Works any just other? Just like a stock. Like a stock. Yep. If I sell it for a loss, I you can. You take a loss, You and, and it's either short-term or long-term. And if, if I sell you, it for a gain. You take a short-term gain, long-term gains. gain. And remember, anybody trading stocks, uh, commodities, Bitcoin, uh, 12 months in a day is long-term capital gains at 15%. Anything under that, that threshold, so if it's 10 months, it's short-term. Ordinary income is what the default is. Um so it, basically, you'd be paying top dollar as you go forward. So a lot of people traded in 20 and 21, traded Bitcoin, they traded stocks, and they're like, man, look at all the money I made. And I'm like, that's great, but, but short term, and so it defaults to whatever your tax bracket is. But technically, uh, if, if I was running up the stock market, uh, buying low, selling high, um, I might not have got as big a returns if I had waited a year. 
yeah, because of the net tax drag on it mm-hmm. to say, hey, you paid more. Is, if you're a lower tax bracket, no. But if you're at a higher tax bracket, like, you know, 37% and you made a couple hundred thousand dollars in two months, yeah, you're paying a lot in tax. Yeah. So there's a huge tax drag on it. Well, that is kind of an impromptu discussion about Bitcoin because Europe is is now looking yeah. to, to give everyone digital IDs, digital vaccination cards in case the next pandemic hits, digital wallets to store your digital currency. And what is is that the future? Is that the future? It sounds that way. Is that um, the world future? Cash, cashless society. I mean, again, like you said, you used to be able to go in places and it said cash only. Um, hey, now I go into places and it says we don't accept cash, cash at all. No cash. You got to put it on a card. Um, I remember years ago we went to what was that cafeteria? Um, it was on Manchester Road. Uh, Miss Sherry's. Yeah, and yeah. it was all cash. I go in there with no cash in my pocket. Carl's driving. Yeah, you ever been there? Yep. Get a burger many times. Uh, Stood at the door waiting for them to open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had a little ATM on the side. Yep. Uh, you know. Yeah. I, let me go get some cash out yeah. and and pay for this burger. Exactly. But now it seems like it's almost flipped. It's it's flipped the other way. People don't want to a risk their employees having a you know cash drawer and get robbed um, with crazy stuff going on today. Again, then the and people the, people don't pay with cash. No. Do very, I do I have cash on me right now? Make a guess. Uh, I'd say no. No, because I never carry cash. Yeah. I, every I got debit card and credit cards. Boom. Um, that's. You know, very just, rarely. Just lost a, a, a soccer bet to my brother. <laughs> and am I going to pay him cash? No. I'm going to send him a Venmo. Venmo. Exactly. Yeah. Now, so. the funny part is usually if I think I, I have, have to declare cash, that on my taxes, by Technically, the way. yes. <laughs> um, but if I think I have cash, somebody, my wallet's sitting on a table. Everybody steals the cash out of it anyway. So right. I don't have anything when I yeah. leave. Well, so. you got a lot of, you got your wife and a lot of kids running yep, around. Running around. They're like, hey, I'll take five bucks. I'll take 20. He'll Thank never you. notice. Yeah. Uh, that I think uh, I'm finding out that's what it's like to be a dad. Yep. Jeff. Just throw your wallet on the table. The wallet's and say, open. Take what you want. Yes. <laughs> Whatever's left over. Hopefully I have enough to get gas on yep. the way home. All right. <laughs> it is keep what's yours. What we talk about has a lot to do with the the economy because that that pertains to my wallet. Exactly. Has a lot to do with what's going on in other countries because we're all connected these days. Exactly. But ultimately what it boils down to, Jeff, keep what's yours. When I get paid every other Friday, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that that number that says that's on the bottom line that's getting direct deposited into my bank account is a lot higher exactly than the money that's going to the federal government exactly yeah and but it's okay if i siphon some of that off to go into my retirement accounts that's really what you want to do um and we've we've got software um sounds crazy but software we can take a completed tax return we put it in the software and it'll give us 200 different ideas that apply to each individual, whether you're a small business, whether you're an individual, a retired person, um, doesn't matter. It will give, and maybe it's just a little a tweak here and there on your tax return. Um, so we started to run a lot through there, and it may save you $100, in some cases thousands of dollars, and in other cases tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Uh, but those are typically the small businesses. So. And it's one of these things. How can I be better off on April 15th exactly. uh, of next year? How can I be better off, you know, 30 years down the line when I'm going to, you know, retire exactly. and, and need and need the money, the that's, money to live on? Yeah, that's and it. 
How can I be better off every two weeks? Every two weeks, exactly. Or if you get paid weekly, monthly, it doesn't matter. Right. There's there, everybody could do a little something. Um, you know, you may not if you're uh, you know standard W two employee. Yeah, you don't have thirty different options that you could put money away and save. But there's a good handful of them that you could do that would help you propel into retirement. And it's a yearly game when it comes to our, our taxes. Yes. On you know doing our tax returns. It's a lifelong game when you're talking about your retirement, and uh, we're going to talk in the next segment, how does Social Security get taxed yes. in retirement, and how does that work, and what are the percentages? It's a game for when you retire, but it's also a game every every time you get a paycheck. Yes. And sure. if I can keep 40 bucks. It's 40 bucks in your pocket. And that that's every every two weeks, that's oh, yeah. 20, 46 times 20. Uh, 40 times 26, mm-hmm. I should say, that adds up. It quickly. <laughs> you know, so if you're like, uh, oh, I don't want to go see Jeff and do the whole rigmarole because at the end of the day, we're, we're talking pennies and dollars and not, it's not, not necessarily. Worth it. And again, the degree is, is uh, a lot of people think they have to come physically sit down. Sure. Um, we could do a phone call. Um, then we could send you links for our digital vaults. Um, which are secure. You can upload all your data to it. Um, we'll analyze it. We'll have a Zoom call, phone call afterwards. Um, we've got tons of people that we do that with, yeah. kind of that remote. It's kind of, I mean, it's still there, still do tons of Zoom calls. And there's also a new one out there, which is uh, uh, it's called Rome. It's an AI. Um, it's like uh, Zoom and Slack combined together kind of wild i haven't quite i don't trust it just yet yeah um but it's that's the next coming option yeah the options out there so and i'll just tell you i will tell you with the fsa that we set up with my son's school we were able to keep 1200 bucks in our in our pockets on our paychecks in our bank accounts and that was just one thing that we did the other stuff that we're doing with jeff you know, maybe it is 50 bucks here or 100 bucks there, yeah. but it all adds up. It all adds up at the yeah. end of the day. Let me ask you, the people listening on the airwaves of the Big 550 KTRS right now, and text me back because I want to know the answer. 84126 is the text line. Would you like to have an extra 1200 bucks next year? Yes. Well, Jeff, I I'm texting I already. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's texting now. That is is what you can do when you have somebody that knows the tax code and can find this stuff for you. This this is stuff that I'm not going to find on my own unless I go to the library. And, and, and researched it and said, hey, what applies to me? Um, or somebody gave you a tip on it and said, hey, look at this. And you go look and go, yeah. hey, I can do that. And not only is it something that, you oh, well, you know, Josh was on the radio talking about an FSA for his son's school. How do I actually implement that That's <laughs> on my paycheck? Yes. So number one is finding out about it. Number two is finding out how to actually use it. Yes, to your advantage. To your advantage. And I think the only way truly that you can do that is to have somebody fighting for you on your side, someone like Jeff Zufall, yes. senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. The number is 636-394-5524, 636 636- Three nine four five five two four. We talk about stuff in the news. We talk about, you know, the future of a cashless society. Yeah. That's that's stuff that, you know, we kind of spitball and, yeah. and talk yeah. about. And but you don't know how it's going to go, but it's out there. And we can look at our finances and say, does crypto, you know, work for me, or do I see a future with crypto? Whatever. 
But at the end of the day, you've got to have somebody in your corner that's doing your taxes for you, that's telling you of things that you need to be taking advantage of and implementing that, you know, our FSA that we have comes out of my wife's paycheck. Exactly. Well, how did she get that set up? You helped her get it set exactly. up. She wouldn't know how to do it yeah. otherwise. So having someone with you holding your hand, walking you down uh, the straight and narrow of keeping more money in your pocket yes. rather than, you know, because what's the alternative? Pay the government. It goes to the states government. And you never see it. And, yeah, maybe they'll fix a pothole down the road. And that $800 hammer <laughs> and that, yeah. you know, $1,200, <laughs> you know, instead of me getting $1,200 back, we just bought a toilet seat. That's right. It's a beautiful so, one, too. <laughs> you know, the, the bidding in process Alaska. on toilet seats. I need to start selling <laughs> toilet seats in Alaska. <laughs> so do you want it to go to the federal government or would you rather keep it in your bank account? You don't even need to text me that. I, <laughs> I already know the answer. Already text them. <laughs> 636-394-5524. That's Jeff. Give him a call. All right. Spent a lot of time on that, but we'll go to commercial break, come back. Got a couple more things to talk about before we get out of here. Happy Independence Day, everybody. It is a holiday weekend, so thank you for joining us. We'll be back with Keep What's Yours right after this. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the show, back to the Big 550 KTRS, Keep What's Yours, Jeff Zufall. And I always hear these kind of whispers, whether it's on this show or, you know, other people are talking about it on other shows. And it always has to do with Social Security yes. <laughs> getting taxed in your retirement. Yes. And, and theoretically, I, I don't think I know how it works. Here's, here's what I do know, Jeff, and, and jump in and correct me where I'm wrong. Social Security, I pay into it every paycheck, and when I retire and go to collect, it's not supposed to be taxed. Frankly, you know, I didn't I already pay taxes on it at one point? Hypothetically, that's how it was sold in the 30s when it was put in play. Um, was hey, but that already, was a long time ago? It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, hey, you already paid tax on this thing. Now, when we pay it to you, when you retire, you'll get this free money. Blah blah blah. Um, and in of all people, or all, I should say, all administrations, guess who was the one that instituted a tax on Social Security? I don't know. The Reagan administration, oh. believe it or not. They needed tax revenue in the first half of his administration because the, the world was coming to an end. And they came along and said, hey, we're going to tax 5 or 10% of your Social Security. And every administration from that point forward has added to it to where we sit today. So, so let me ask you this. On my uh, paycheck stub, when I see that line that says Social Security, 6.2% of whatever you earn is pumped into Social Security. But is it is it pre-taxed? It's that's pre-taxed, so it comes right off the top. So you make basically 1000 bucks before 6. the 2. federal government comes in. Oh yeah, in. before the feds come in. So that's right off the top and then 1.45 goes to Medicare. But remember that 62 is out of your check. Your employer will then match six point two dollar for dollar and send it off to the Social Security Administration. So, as of twenty twenty three, am I paying tax on Social Security when it comes out of my paycheck? Well, when it comes out of your check, no. Mm -hmm. But when you actually say I am sixty three, sixty five, sixty seven, and I want income and I want to turn on my Social Security, literally that money that gets sent to you, I'll say the bulk of it is taxable. Mm -hmm. So what takes place is, that, again, it, there's a lot of like factors that are hidden in there. 
But most people do not realize that if you are, I'll say, even sort of successful. Um, so basically, if you're single and you make less than $25,000. In Social Security uh-huh, a year. Well, in total income. Okay. Okay. Um, less than $25,000, you are really not paying anything on your Social Security. But if you're filing jointly and it's less than $32,000, it, it, none of it is going to be taxed. Okay. So hang on. That twenty-five thousand, that thirty-two thousand, Social Security plus anything else, plus what you're a breeder at Walmart, whatever W two. So part-time. Social Security counts for that. Yes, and I got, I got to tell you, Jeff. I mean, even if I had the house paid off, even if I, you know, I'm driving that car that I've had for a long time, twenty-five thousand dollars a year is not much to live on. Very tough. Now, again, if you sit back and say, "Hey, uh, you're single, um, widowed." Um, you're, you're living off Social Security, maybe a small pension. Um, I see people that do it. I mean, I, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it and surviving. Um, but the bulk of America um, will come into the other side of the equation. Hang on. I got, I got one okay. more question. Because <laughs> I'm stuck on this, this threshold of $25,000 a year, $32,000 yes. a year married finally jointly. If I have a separate, you know, the savings or IRA or, you know, um, Roth or, or whatever, and I start to pull that money out to live off of, does that count towards this $25,000, $32,000 threshold? Yes, but not the Roth. The okay. Roth is non-taxable, so it, it's going to be set to the side. really doesn't count. Because I already paid taxes yes. before I put it in. Exactly. So now it's just kind of like kind a bank the, account. Kind of the same ploy that Social Security was sold under. It was supposed to be. <laughs> so as long so, as I follow the rules of the Roth, you're perfectly that won't fine. ding won't, me when exactly. it comes tax time. Now an IRA showing up, which is required minimum distribution. So you got to figure, hey, I'm 62 or older when I t- start Social Security. Um, what takes place is anywhere, depending, there's three different laws out there now for your required minimum distribution. That's dollars that are in an IRA that you will be forced to take out at a later date, depending upon your age. Um, now we're at, uh, was 70 and a half. Now it was 72. Now it's 73. There is talk of part of the SECURE Act, which was thrown out there, um, going to age 75, but that's not until like 2044 or something like that. So maybe so, I'll hit that. Exactly. Well, I think I made it right under the wire on that. You'll be <clears> long <throat> gone by then. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but the bulk of it is we'll say you're 73. So you turn on your Social Security and you're making 25. You're single. You're making less than $25,000. You never pay tax on your Social Security. It's a great time. Do you see people hitting that threshold? Yes. And They're then, living off of savings? Yes. Um, and then what takes place are a Roth. Um, and then all of a sudden, your required minimum distribution shows up, and it's ten thousand a year. It blows your twenty-five thousand out of the water, adds yeah. ten to it. You're over the threshold now. Now fifty percent of your Social Security is now taxable. And and I don't. The the theory is you don't want your Social Security to be taxed because that's you know if it's not taxed, it's yours. Well, but all yeah. of a sudden it's taxed, and now I have to pay the federal government. You have to pay a tax on top of it. So a lot of people get real comfy in retirement, and then in their 70s, all of a sudden their required minimum distribution shows up, and boom, you have this extra income. That's your tax time bomb, and then you're paying way more in tax than what you were previous Is year. Is this why people do Roth conversions? Yes. 
the concept. This you, is the reason. You can't wait until your RMD shows up and then go, ooh, I'm going to do a Roth conversion, um, you know, because it's technically too late. You're kind of every – I shouldn't say every. That's loaded. The bulk of the analysis we look at, it mathematically doesn't make sense to do the conversion just because they're at such a high tax rate. Um, you're just piling on the tax. But if you are, say, you're 62, 65, you retire, you might work part-time, um, you got a couple years that you can start packing money away doing Roth conversions. And, yes, you pay tax on it, but it won't be as bad as having your RMD and Social Security at the same time. And the idea is the whole time, and I'm still just kind of baffled by this, people will make a decision in their 30s and 40s like me mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm going to do this pre-tax account and I'll worry about the taxes later. Yes. And then it comes to 68, 69. And it's too late. And I haven't worried about yes. that. I made an agreement With that I'm going to worry about yep. these taxes later. Yep. And then I never did. And you never worried about it. So you have to have an advisor you know, holding your hand through this process walk saying, you, walk you we need it. to worry about your taxes. Yes. You know, you're going to have a tax time bomb waiting for you. Let's start converting to Roth. Let's start, yeah. you know, paying those taxes down right now. Because the idea is pay the taxes later when your tax bracket is Hypothetically lower. Hypothetically is lower. Taxes over time. I mean, if you say, hey, where we're at today, what are taxes going to do in the future? They got to go up. I mean, you you can't put your head in the sand on that one. They have to go up over time because of how big the debt is. Um, but that's where that weird conversion to digital currency could come take into place, and maybe some of that debt goes away. Mm-hmm. But the odds are, again, twenty twenty four is an election year, um, and then all of Trump's tax cuts, if you want to say, or his tax package he put in play in nineteen, actually sunsets in twenty twenty five. So whoever wins 24 is, is by design, going to be forced to revamp the entire tax law. And it's pretty extensive on what they're going to get into. And that is the House, the Senate, and the President that weighs in on oh, all yeah. of that, I'm and sure, because the House the, has yeah. to— and the, and the odds are the taxes are going to go up. But again, don't use that as your, your ammunition and go, hey, I'm going to do a Roth. The theory is, is if you're younger, and I'll leave that age open, <laughs> um, and you're at your highest earning potential— um, like you're just you're making some good money. The theory would be as you would defer it at a 24% tax bracket or higher to take it out at a 20 or a 12% tax bracket at a later date. So I mean, if, I, if I'm making you know joint married filing jointly, if we're making two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, four hundred thousand exactly. dollars, I'm not. By the way, I'm not. <laughs> you should see the car I drive. Uh, if you're making that much money, you're in a, a good 30. 35% exactly. tax bracket. So if you're if, so it's and if most, I retire and I have no income coming in, well, I'm down. Very few people will go to no income, sure. but you will. I mean, the concept is you stay at the same income level you are working today when you retire. I mean, that's efficient planning. The question is, do you, we go into retirement? Do you need $500,000 a year to go into retirement? No. I mean, the most people. No, exactly. Yeah. 65 should be your mark. The kids are long gone. Long gone. Um, house, I mean, everything, the, the target is look Grandkids at. Grandkids are expensive. Look though. at 65 as that jumping off point because mm-hmm. that's where you can get Medicare. So you, if, even if you're paying your own health care, everything should be paid at 65. 
But theoretically, <clears throat> you know, maybe when you go to retire, your tax bracket is now 20 or 25 exactly. percent. So you put it away at a 35 and you're at a 24, you're saving a ton of money. Where, where would you rather taxes. pay the taxes exactly. on, 35 percent or 24 percent? Exactly. And, that's the, and that's, the, game. that's the game that has to be put together versus some people just blindly saying, hey, I'm going to put it in a Roth. I'm 22. Yeah. I'm going to put it in a Roth 401k and put my head. I don't ever have to worry about taxes. I agree with that, but you you're still missing be- – the tax savings as you go you're, forward. You're leaving so, money on the table, and yep. that money is going it's to the federal going government. To, at some point in time, everything that you do in your financial life will end up on a tax return. Yep. So be prepared. And that Social Security stuff, you have to to think about that as well when yes. you're doing a future plan. The IRS is not slow. Um, they know exactly what to do. Yeah. So that's something that you want to keep in mind as well. Give Jeff a call, 636-394-5524. If you're thinking about retiring any time in the next 10 to 15 years, you probably need to sit down (laughs) and worry about it because now's the time, not when you retire because it might be too late to take advantage of most of this stuff. So we'll go to commercial break, but 636-394-5524, Capital Advisory GRP. Jeff Zufa. We'll be back right after this. Keep What Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufa. Back on the show, not a lot of time. We spend a lot of time talking uh, crypto and stuff, but I think that was really valid. What other countries are sure. doing might be a, a peak That just into. kicked in last week, so hopefully we don't have to do it. <laughs> right, might be a peek into something that they suggest over here. Talked about Social Security being taxed. That's something that you need to worry about. If yes. You're coming up on retirement age. gets very expensive you need to put that into your retirement plan immediately if you haven't already but something really quick that we have seen a lot of the erc the employee retention credit yes it's on i, I hear it all over the place on radio yes. it's on tv now it's on tv people Mr. saying we can get you money yep so you got to be very careful on who you deal with Um, And I say that honestly, there's a lot of these ERTC mills that are popping up all over the place um, that say, oh, yeah, we'll get it for you. Um, You're going to pay us a 18 percent retainer. Um, We'll we'll take care of it. And then you basically didn't even meet the basic requirements, but you wrote them a check. You pay us up front. Exactly. And then we'll see if you qualify. They do this hypothetical. Oh, hey, this is what you should get back. Um, So say it's one hundred thousand dollars. Sounds crazy. We've seen them five hundred thousand dollars. In a check being cut back, it's the average is 18% is what they want to do the paperwork for you and file it and, and push it all the way through to get your money. Um, but a lot of these places, there and there's requirements that the, the company has to meet to make that mandate. Um, and some of these mills don't care. Um, yeah. You sign on dial line, boom, thank you very much. And they'll be gone in six months and you have no one to talk to. And these mills could literally just be someone who's savvy enough to run through the paperwork. Yes. But this is literally what, at Capital Advisory Group, this is literally what you do for companies yes. every single day. Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't you not go to a legitimate and, and we're going to reach out and use a third party that helps propel this forward and they do a i'd say they do probably 60 percent, 70 percent of the paperwork we round up the ground data uh, make sure that you can make the cut basically because there's just a few things that we look at 
And then if you do pass that first stage, it goes to them. They do kind then of a we second look, from there. Yeah. and they go from there. So don't – these are fly-by-night. Yeah. They're like when the hailstorm comes and, and the roofing exactly. guys show up. They show up like, hey, we can do yeah, it Yeah, pay me cash. half up front, and then they disappear. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what we're dealing with yeah. today. So just, so just be very – just look for someone that's, a, that's, that's got a tie to a trusted advisor, yeah. to somebody from – to a tax professional. Um, and that's all you're looking for. Or so just just go to Jeff Zufall. Exactly. So if you're a small <laughs> business or even a large business and you want to take a look and see this employee retention tax credit, you hear about it all over the radio. But you just need to call Jeff, 636-394-5524, because they take care of this stuff every day. Not yes. a fly-by-night Never. You know, roofer. <laughs> um, you know, they'll take care of you. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. That's the website. The phone number again. 636-394-5524. And that is the show. Perfect. We'll see you next week, Jeff. You betcha. We'll see you. Happy holidays. Same to you. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.